Hello and welcome to From the Rooftops, a podcast about superheroes because we know more about them than you do. That's Clay. Excuse me, sir. You can't just expose me like that, alright? I'm, I'm wearing the outfit. You just put my name out there. Now I have to kill people. Good job, man. Good fucking job, yeah. Alan. <laughs> uh, we are, of course, wearing our podcasting masks, and we hope that you are wearing your podcast listening mask, as would only be appropriate, because this week we're talking about masks, what they're for, how they look, who does it right, and reasons we're right about masks. Yeah, and I guess to a greater degree, design in general, although we may put a separate conversation for that later, but just the function of the alternate face and the identity goes with it. Which is part of the secret identity yeah. conversation, but also it's separate, you know? Now, the earliest place to start with with this is the very pragmatic, why do superheroes wear masks? Now, there are a lot of men- there are a lot of different reasons. Um, for some degree, it was an aesthetic thing, but part of the purpose of a mask when comics and superhero stuff were starting out was making life easier for uh, the artist, ultimately. Drawing a face is one of the things that... You, you may not realize this, but your brain is actually super good at recognizing faces and really good at recognizing when a face is doing something weird or wrong. Masks make it so that a character can be depicted multiple times, multiple different angles, dozens of times a day in a piece of artwork without necessarily tripping up the part of your brain that goes, no, that's wrong. That's not right. Yeah, and it... It's easy for like visual representation, especially because in superhero fiction you have this this permission to be like exaggerated in a way that you can't do everywhere else. One of the cool things about superhero design is you can really hammer home a point in terms of like persona and identity in a way that you wouldn't do it on any other type of design or it would be considered tacky. And with with you know with a mask you can make a person's entire face like embody their whole uh, thing like from the beginning to the end what they do who they are where they're from like you can basically put a big flag on someone's face saying this is what they're about and make it easy to recognize from a distance in a way that say giving someone a particular scar or type of beard or particular cheekbone structure this is it it's a little too subtle you know put a big fucking a on someone's head you know what he's about the conversation around iconography in uh, most forms of media tends to be limited to some very pragmatic things that characters can actually have. There's a reason why you can almost always look at a character with a scar on their face and kind of deduce what they're supposed to be about in the story because we've just done so much stuff with scars over time that you've kind of built up a library of it. A sort of a sort of uh, mm. lexical system. Superhero masks allow superhero comics to present a whole new place to put that kind of language, that kind of storytelling with the visual media. Yeah, and it's, you get to do those things without making, you get to have those, that you sort of have your cake and eat it too. You can have a person who looks normal, and at the same time, you can use that iconography to express an entirely different set of ideas whenever you want to. And you know, within the fiction, that's always a thing. When I look at an outfit the superhero's wearing, Two thoughts occurs like what are they telling me with this outfit and who is the person who walked up to this outfit and decided to put it on which is why you come with that balance like does this represent the person they are and on like a branding level am i able to immediately understand your character it's like i'm not sure if some of my favorite ones do both of those jobs very well but you know it's not a perfect thing 
Yeah, I mean, just just to get this out of the way really quickly, um, there is kind of a persistent thing in comics criticism that Superman wears a mask in his alternate identity because the glasses and the way that Clark Kent conducts himself is blah 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 blah. We're not we're not really going to talk about that. That's its own thing. And you know, Superman. There there are places you can go for more in depth discussions of Superman, okay. like apparently the third Man, act of Kill, Kill Bill. Bill. <laughs> fuck that conversation in particular. Fuck that. Okay, all right. You know what? Fuck it. Side note. Excuse me. If your perception of Superman comes from the opinions of a villain, like if like, oh, this is a good statement on who and what supervillain is. Superman is coming from this mass murderer. Yeah, he gets it. He really gets it. You 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 you've got it all completely wrong. It might as well be fucking Lex Luthor standing there, and you're like, oh, and, this is a good you know, decent statement about Superman that Lex Luthor made. The fuck. <laughs> this is much of the same way that I have a real angry thing about what The Incredibles has to say about superheroes. I'm, I'm touched you didn't jump in and yell at me for the everyone's super <laughs> line in the first episode. <laughs> that is a perfectly legitimate, good thing to reference. And I know you, and I trust you, and that is why we are moving on. The point is that this kind of stuff about that we're not we're not talking about the the broader context of a mask like ghost rider you could very easily say ghost rider's flaming skull is a mask that hides the character from we're not actually talking about that kind of masking we are talking about a literal chosen object or in some cases component of an outfit that is something the person puts on so venom for example would be kind of a maybe in this case the the conversation around the Venom symbiote as a basically a, a entity that is an outfit is right. itself kind of a conversation. You might get there. There's a modern trend to like add a whole bunch of detail to stuff, especially on these old really streamlined looks. And there's a halfway mark there because one of the things I love is masks that mm. actually functionally do a thing. You know, because it's one thing that I, I really do like the little like shutter eyelids that new. Uh, Whatever a Tom Holland Spider Man wears, I love that because it's like okay now those eyes do something. That whole face situation does something, and uh, Captain America's you know sort of hood becoming a helmet. Not only does that do something, but the way it looks like a helmet conveys the soldier aspect of his identity, right? Because now I see that and I'm like, okay, it's kind of like a soldier. He's got the wings. He's got like there's a lot of information you can get just from looking at that, and that function of what it does besides because it doesn't really hide his identity as Captain America but it grounds him and the people around him. When he shows up with five shield agents and they're all wearing helmets and he's wearing a helmet, it puts him together in that, with them in that way. Now, there there is another element to this which is medium changes this a lot. Spider-Man's outfit and Spider-Man's mask in the comics versus how it looks in the cartoons versus how it looked in the movies and we effectively now have three different genres of Spider-Man movie that have all decided to handle the mask in different ways um, I, I'm not trying to I'm, I'm going to say some harsh things about Batman at some point in this podcast and at any given point during his day he just walks around cussing out Bruce Wayne for no reason he just does pretty that. much the the nature of working with different mediums and different storytelling forms means that the visual language is going to change. I we, we we accept that. We're not sitting here going, that character mm. doesn't look right 
and when we complain about a mask. What we complain about is what a mask is doing. That's hmm, hmm, hmm. sort of the same thing with Hawkeye, right? When Hawkeye wears the mask in classic comics, it's partially to sort of make himself... He wants to be like other superheroes. Yeah. It's explicitly him trying to be a superhero. But that's not really who he is in the movies, so why would he wear the mask, right? What's the function of it? Absolutely. And 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 in the movies, the, the mask... Uh, like, if he wore a mask, it would actually stand out more and be weirder because his whole thing in the movies is he's kind of a covert operative. Mm-hmm. Which is why so, the other covert operative is one of the most distinctively beautiful women in the world right now. You know, that's very good at blending in. Hey, it's it's a uh, it's like Nick Fury. It's like world famous super spy Nick Fury. You know, as exactly. uh, Dwayne- Hey, you're Nick Fury. Yeah, <laughs> walk down the yep. street. Hey, you're James Bond. <laughs> so, so with that with that set of ground rules in place, the fact that masks can you know. Masks concede to a purpose. Masks are things that people choose to put on, and masks are things that have a reason to be there. With that in mind, hey Clay, mm. who's got some really good masks? Mm. Well, obviously Spider Man is a good one. I think it's super like elaborate in how it works. Just to, just all the shit going on in there, you know. I have this yeah thing about Domino masks where I'll like I enjoy them, but I also I have a hard time letting them pass. Unless there's an adjacent thing. I like the Green Arrow thing of these days of having a mask and a hood, which gives you that multiple yep. layers because he can sort of reveal, he can take the hood, he can take the hood down to sort of emote more while still being disguised. There was a period of time, and I, people forget about this, but, uh, Black Lightning's coming out, and I like mentioning him, in the 90s, where he didn't have a mask, he just had this extremely, like, high, almost anime style collar covering the lower half of his face, and, I would like to see that more things just because that's so out there. And it worked, right? All you saw was the top half. And he could, and it, it would also sort of illuminate from the underneath with the lightning coming up, which made him just look more intimidating. And yeah, now he just wears a domino mask with like a goggle sort of set up. Just different, different ways to approach the, you know, illusion. So let's, let's talk very pragmatically about a domino mask for a moment. When it comes to the, to the application of a domino mask, the main thing that those things do for you as an, as a disguise is they obscure the perimeter of your eye, which is to say, for the perspective of anyone observing you, it's actually a little harder for them to know where you are looking. And it also makes the, the, the specific position of your eyes on your head harder to determine in a, in a hectic moment. So for a character like Green Arrow, who is using a weapon that he has to point at things, the Domino Mask I really like because it makes it slightly harder for anyone to be exactly sure where he's shooting, despite the fact that he's got his arms held out, arm held out and a giant object he's pointing at the thing he's shooting at. Well, this is also why um, why uh, secret agents, not secret agents, but like government agents and secret service officers wear sunglasses is so that they can scan the environment and people won't know if they've been caught you know they'll see you it's like oh that's a guy talk on the earpiece and then somebody will come back around and get you because they didn't look at you and point and say there he is no they just kind of cocked you aside it's it's an ambiguator yeah now the the use of the hood also has the side effect of giving like a hood would Really, a hood would actually be an impediment to the kind of thing that Ollie usually does. Right. But, um, but the nature of um, his sneaking around, like this is a thing that he's actually meant to do. He's meant to be kind of sneaky. Um, 
the hood serves in that purpose as well. Yeah, it's... The other half of that, too, is it... it depending on how you stand, it can, like, allude it to your uh, general shape. You no know, one knows. It makes your shoulders look different. It makes your head and body look different. That's neat. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and, like, throw... I, I Because I do this a lot. I have to talk about Earth 2 Hot Girl, right? Because if you, this is right. the Kendra Saunders version of Hot Girl, and... First of all, I just like the shape of her helmet and the, like, the swoop back, especially the first, like, uh, earlier Nicola Scott drawings, because there's this thing about the Hawks where they're both the same, it's just Hawk Man, Hawk Girl, Hawk Man, Hawk Woman, and they did a good job of, you know, giving her a separate visual identity that really tied into her because she had this sort of military aspect to her where she used a lot of ranged weapons and guns and what have you, so they gave her sort of the blue on gray to make her more cop-ish, you know? Which fit the aesthetic and made her look different mm-hmm. from Hawkman very much because she went from greens and yellows and reds to blues and blacks and silvers. And kind of made her look more like a falcon than a hawk, which matched with the silvery wings that she had. It was just a nice swoop to it. And it has, like, the way it crests down on the nose, the way the helmet just, like, covers the eyes and has these big yellow eyes, which almost makes her look unhuman like she has angry hawk eyes instead of you know the typical white superhero eyes or real person eyes under the helmet that you can see and that creates a weird it makes her look alien even though she's not she's more of a magical creature it just makes her look less human and she still has the hair coming out the back (laughs) the to, to to wind this back to continue on ollie just just for a moment the reason i brought up the very pragmatic elements of what ollie's mask is doing is because Ollie is a character who's meant to be very down-to-earth, dealing with real-world problems. He actually has, like, that hood and domino mask are physical objects that at some point he had to sit down and decide, I'm going to put these on my face. In the case of Hawkgirl, at last check, Hawkgirl's whole look Mm -hmm. is meant to connect her to the culture, tied to the Egyptian, like, history that she has. And so she has this very, like, almost, like, Egyptian swoop to win the very sort of pharaonic thing going on there. I love a lot of the Earth 2 designs, like, just where they go with the classic look. Like, the, the uh, Earth 2 Flash has a very similar thing going on with his helmet, and he's supposed to be Jay Garrick, so they had to take Jay Garrick's hat, you know, that thing, and make it into something else. And so, yeah, and so he gets a new yeah. sort of helmet structure where it's, it's kind of similar to hers, but with the lightning bolts and with sort of a face shield visor so he doesn't get bugs in his teeth, you know? And this also is, like, sort of manifested by magic. There's a lot of magic in Earth, too. And again, it sort of comes up because he gets his powers from Hermes. So, again, tying back to the Hermes symbolism that he, like, original Jay Garrick Flash used to touch on. And I think, really, mm-hmm. more Flashes need to, like, less lightning bolts, more wings is my thing with the Flashes. Give him some style there. And it, I like the shape of it. Yeah, especially because... Especially, especially because lightning bolts in the Flash are very much connected to one Flash's origin story. It's not even the so. One is that a I, I would like the uh, Shazam family to use more red, yellow, and lightning bolts than the Flashes do because you know I like the Shazam family mm. more. Well, now now we're talking general just character design stuff here, but yeah. But also, no, the other thing is the lightning theme of the Flash is basically just a visual pun, right? It doesn't connect very yeah, much. Of lightning. Exactly, that's all it is. Whereas, there's so much more stuff you can get out of making the Hermes connection that you don't quite get when you just do it, you know, oh, lightning, fast, learn. Yeah. 
whereas the the uh, the mask situation to draw back to Spider Man, Spider Man's mask basically boils his face down into just his eyes. Right. It also like does a good job of dehumanizing him because not not in a, like a it makes him less human looking, I guess, in a way that's easy to represent, which is why. We never have the conversation of, well, why didn't they just do the comic book costume when it comes to his movies? Because they just do in various ways. They make little detailed changes, but they don't come up with some way around it because you're not faced with the situation of, well, there's a person in that. No, you can just do it. Just it's there. It's Spider-Man. You don't have to think about it too much the way you have to think about, well, what are the wings on the side of Cap's head doing in a real space scenario? Yeah, which is why, for example, in Captain America, the first Avenger in that movie, they they made a point that the reason that the mask had wings on the side of it was because it was meant to be a goofy symbol. It was meant to to inspire a particular 1950s aesthetic, aesthetically minded soldier. And that works. That's actually, like, I'm genuinely behind that. I think that's a good idea and a good usage of your Captain America's visual aesthetic. The, the story um, behind Green Goblin in the movies, though, is the thing I wanted to bring up and the reason I was going to Spider-Man. Spider-Man's mask in the comics boils him down to just a big pair of eyes. And in the Sam Raimi movies, they did a really good job of sticking to that. Though, they also at one point tried to show the back of the mask as he was putting it on, and don't ever do that. It it doesn't work. Um, But Green Goblin was a much harder thing to do. Are are you familiar with this Uh, story? Well, fucking... Green Goblin's just weird in general. Like, you either go full, like, prosthetics and animatronics, and I do believe they did a version of that that was just really... Well, this is the thing, right? You want the Green Goblin to look kind of unsettling. So th- that test footage of the fully animatronic, you know, animated face Green Goblin being kind of weird, I don't think worked against it. Like, you want to be uncomfortable looking at it. And they went for the Power Ranger helmet, you know? Yeah. And I was going to speak up in favor of the Power Ranger helmet. So just so you know where I'm going here. <laughs> so, so the thing is, the the nature of the um the, the nature of the Green Goblin mask in the Sam Raimi movies was originally they were planning on making a rubber mask with an actual order, with actual armatures and robotics inside it, so that it could have a very realistic painted on aesthetic. There was also attempts of a makeup test to just, like, layer on latex on Willem Dafoe's natural appearance and make it so that the whole mask deformed, as opposed to what they did, which is a very solid, uh, what they call a chassis-style mask, which is just, it's a plastic bubble you put your head into. Huh. And there was a word and, for that. You know, we, we, yeah, we, we, we call it a Power Ranger mask because that's what most Power Rangers, uh, mar- you know, helmets are. They are just a chassis. In... The context of that movie, though, this meant that that they were able to make that prop have the same expression when he wasn't wearing it. And suddenly this gives you a whole different shape to the thing when Willem Dafoe is arguing with himself as the mask. And I, I really, really like that scene, partly because Willem Dafoe is just absolutely amazing at being conflicted within himself in movies I like. And because it meant that that thing looked to him the way it looked to everyone else, which is something that a lot of masks can never properly do. 
Dr. Fate's a good version of that, too. Especially when the helmet itself just gets up and starts, like, flying around and yeah. being its own entity. Because, you know, obviously Dr. Fate's can be very... Depending on who's writing it, the whole Dr. Fate situation can be very troubling to whoever's wearing it. And, you know, this sort of featureless thing that just speaks in this booming voice can fuck you up real good, depending on what you're standing and what it's saying to you. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And for anyone who isn't familiar with what Dr. Fate looks like, just imagine a bell with eye holes in it. Yeah, yeah. But cooler. I really do like the Dr. Fate. Not Dr. Bong. (laughs) But yeah, no, because again, that's a mask that performs a very... That's the source of power. It's almost like the Green Lantern Ring. And that you put it on and it takes you over. And it's also... It's just got permanent angry eyes and nothing else. All you have is an unhappy expression and... That's it. Yeah, which works really, really well for the character of who Dr. Fate flipping well is. An inhuman entity, a a dehumanized entity. And that's why I really like the the Green Goblin uh, Power Rangers mask, because it it serves the same function of making the Green Goblin into an inhuman entity and an entity that persists even when the person holding it isn't wearing it. Which I think is something that the uh, that that uh, that that movie sold really well. But in the comics, Green Goblin's face should just be like it's. It should be drawn as if it's a face because you know the Green Goblin of the comics isn't this dehumanized roboticist in the same way. He's he's meant to look like an actual monster that right. would exist. Uh, kind of interested to see how you feel about Mysterio because there's been versions of like there's Mysterio with his classic like bubble dome, and then there's like Ultimate Mysterio. Which is almost like mm. a, he has like a holographic head. That's mm. so. I'm a little torn on Mysterio because when I was very young, I used to play a uh, a video game with Spider a Spider Man video game. It wasn't a very good one, but it had Mysterio in it, and that meant that my primary interface with him was a really tiny pixel art. And when you do that, the whole design is green uh, body, purple cloak white dome for the head and the head is completely expressionless and that worked really well it was really effective but i've never seen mysterio like normally that kind of expression that kind of expressionless mask character is really good when you're trying to communicate something inhuman or dehumanizing about a character but mysterio despite his name is very human and mysterio is like mysterio is basically just really pissed and and so for him, that dehumanizing mask. Yeah, well, because he's like he's doing the thing I always love, which he's hammering a gimmick into the ground. You know, he's a crystal ball. He's mysterious. He's like a mysterious person with a mystery. Like he's doing it really hard. He's going for it. You yeah. know, he's really going for it. And I I can't be mad at him for that. I don't know if I like Ultimate Mysterio because he basically looks yeah, like yeah, a lesser yeah. Ghost Rider, right? He's just like glowing energy shooting out of his head. And it's like ah, oh, that's it doesn't look as dumb. I kind of want you to look dumb. Yeah, <laughs> you were better. Well. And, and therein you have the thing of, like, what is the character trying to convey? Because Mysterio, as I understand him, is basically yeah. a special effects dork who is really mad. And that and that way you have... It's almost a with no power comes no responsibility situation. Mysterio is using something that everyday people could hypothetically have access to and just employing it. So it's a, it's a very different take on evoking the fucking ghost rider right. is you know an avatar <laughs> of very important things actually on the on the topic of just like kind of non-specific looks we have red hoods you know helmet situation hey it looks good but i it, 
don't know. Like, mm. there's classic, like, weird pill shape yeah. Red Hood, which is not nearly good enough. It's just kind of... And the thing is, obviously, that's an old look, and yep. I don't think they intended you for to take it seriously when it was first introduced. I don't know. You took, uh, what's it? Uh, Zero Year Red Hood, where they do that again. They do the giant pill thing on the Joker, but they also... So, because they want you to remember that it's the Joker in there, it doesn't come all the way down on top of his head. So, yep. it's like the bottom half of his face is showing. So, you get the chin and a little bit of the face. You know, the the, the smile. Uh. In case you forgot, you know? In case you forgot. This guy's going to be the Joker one day. Uh. So, so, a thing with Jason Todd's Red Hood specifically. The, uh, the kind of one you see occasionally in the Arkham game. I really like that look. Um, because that... Look evokes to me an actual armored object, which when you're dealing with I'm the member of the Bat family who actually picks up guns, when when you're dealing effectively with a character who has escalated combat to that level where, you know, bullets are going to be flying at them occasionally, it it uh, mm. I, I like the way that that looks like something Definitely that character it- would pick up and wear. Now, I, I, I have I have two specific masks that I know I'm going to wind up talking about. Uh, so I just want to make sure I'm giving Clay more room to to not not uh, get overwhelmed with me complaining. Okay, is a uh, is one of them Corvo's mask? No, I wasn't going to bring up Dishonored, despite the fact that I've been playing it all day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good, then I'll do that. I love that mask. I have that mask. <laughs> yeah. Oh, motherfucker! Oh, yeah, so it's cool. fucking. Well, hey, again, it does. It, Obviously, he's, you know, an avenging spirit of death, so of course he has a skull face, and it also has all this elaborate clockwork shit going on, and it's also a gas mask, and it just does, like, three different things at once, and all of them push my buttons, you know? This particular confluence mm. of form and functionality and intimidation. Also, one of the things about that mask that I really appreciate is, if you know the character of Corvo particularly well, he's not a heavily affected character. He doesn't do things for intimidation purposes. For the most part, one of his problems as a bodyguard was that he was too unassuming looking, and the only way he had to, like, prove himself was to just own people. Ridiculously. If, you, if you've read the backstories of Corvo, one of the things he did that got him uh, the trophy that you can find in a wall in Dishonored 2, if you go back and find his old childhood home, was you, there was this big tournament, and everyone was supposed to come out, and they were supposed to challenge a opponent and they'll work their way through the tournament. And Corvo said, I don't want to work my way through the tournament. I'm going to challenge everyone at once. You just catch them when they're pantsing down. And this is like little 15-year-old Corvo. And a whole bunch of kids, a whole bunch of like kids and adults came out. It was like, okay, we're just going to give you a boot party <laughs> to show that what we think of Mr. Cleverclogs. And he won. <laughs> at which point the Royal Guard were like, okay, someone get this kid to the Empress. Because this is going to be a thing. <laughs> And that's why Corvo became the Night Protector. So Corvo isn't a heavily affected character, but that mask is screaming affect. And the solution for why is the mask was given to him at a point where he didn't have any other options. So he wears that mask, not because he was like, uh, yeah, it needs to look like a skull. It, it needs to look like a clockwork skull. He didn't ever have to say that. Someone else was like, "Look, I made this mask. It's made for a purpose. It looks this way because this." Put it on his face. Yeah, it it looks this way because this is the thing I do. Here, (laughs) go, and and that's that's a really good use of a mask because a mask is also an object. It's it's not necessarily 
just an element of a character design that's painted on. It means it's something that someone can give to someone else. It's something that can be taken from you. Now, this is interesting in context of Wolverine, because I don't... I'm not sure if we've ever gotten a clear answer on why he has that mask. You know, why he wears it, why he puts it on, besides it looks very animalistic, you know? Stan Lee designed him in the 1960s. Well, no, that wasn't Stan Lee. That was... Who was that? Uh, Lynn Wine Yeah, you're and... right. Who even knows? But I don't think I don't think that was actually no, a you're right, you're creation. Right. But even still, like, but like within his, again within his text, Wolverine gets up in the morning and says, "I'm going to put on my mask." Why? And why is Do it you have an answer to your hair? Well, the actual answer. Well, we're going to talk about who designed. The reason that was is because they want to take the mask off and still recognize him. So instead of the mask isn't shaped to his hair, his hair is shaped <laughs> to his mask. The first time they took. The first time they took the mask off, they're like, well, how will they know it's Wolverine? Well, we'll just make the hair shit like <laughs> It's like a chia pet. It just grows to the shape it's under. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the uh, Wolverine's mask is, is one of the many masks I don't like much. Uh, I, I feel that... Um, and, and the worst thing is because he's Wolverine, I honestly couldn't think of how you could ever do that mask better or differently. It's just a thing about the character design that kind of sucks that you're stuck with now. Nah, Laura Kinney's version of that mask, by the way, is great. It's just a little more toned down on the sides, you know? It, and the, the thing of having the hair out the back. And also, her mask is a reference to his mask. Yeah, that's the, that's that, that legacy thing where, why? Because it was theirs, you know? That answers its own question. It's the same thing with uh, Miss Marvel's outfit. She's dressed like that because she wants to be like Carol Danvers back in the day. Yeah, she wants to be yeah. like Wahlberg. <laughs> she was still Miss Marvel at the time. <laughs> She was also Warbird in that outfit as well, and Moonstone at one point. But anyway, the the uh, the thing with masks as found and passed along objects, like like I said, Laura Kinney's mask can look that way, and it looks pretty cool. And at no point do you have to ask why does it look that way because it looks like Wolverine's. The there is a uh, there is a character currently a bit popular in media who. Uh, isn't wearing a mask in his most recent depiction, and I got really angry about that. (laughs) Why isn't Danny Rand wearing a fucking mask? (sighs) So, to avoid going into, into, uh, you know, off into the weeds without bringing the listener along, uh, Danny Rand, a.k.a. Iron Fist, in the comics, wears a really distinctive, uh, very simple kind of kung fu superhero mask it's just a strip of yellow cloth tied over his head and with really long loose uh tails on it iron fist the tv show decided to discard every element of his superheroic design and not give him a mask (laughs) this makes me very angry you know what's Eh, they did like have a flash of who i guess was orson randall like on that little video clip of him wearing the mask. I guess that was supposed to be Orson Randall. Is it? Uh, yeah. There have been some interesting. Like if you go look at the the some of the legacy Iron Fist looks in the past, you get some interesting. They all kind of wear the same thing, but the different variations on the suit. The mask stays the same, and part of that is it's it's supposed to be a legacy identity. It's the same way that for the Phantom, the mask is his superpower. He wears the mask, everybody thinks he's the same guy, so when they say, I shot you and watched you die, yeah, you did, I'm back. Yeah. Ooh. Like, that's a thing, that's part of, you know, the, the impact of Iron Fist in his visual. 
you know, of course, it's been men and women and tall people and short people, so it doesn't quite yeah. work, but considering Iron Fist only lived to be about 33 before they're eaten by a dragon, it kind of plays out okay. <laughs> there was supposed dragon. to be two. Well, I'd actually, I don't know what the, I guess that other thing was a dragon? I'm sorry, I'm getting into comics here. But yeah, no, there was a, there's a thing that's supposed to eat the Iron Fist <laughs> once he gets the third. Yeah, yeah. And, and by the way, if you ever want a real wild time, look into the public domain history of Iron Fist. Oh yeah, um, with John Amon, the amazing man, just like showed up one day. Yeah. As the Prince of Orphans. That was great to me. Like, hey, we brought this character in. He just, he's here now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, this character is public domain, so we can use him. But that means that anyone else can use him. Uh-oh. <laughs> this is a wild ride. <laughs> yeah, the the um the, the the iron the iron fist mask is particularly angering to me because one of the things that masks can do in a live action property is they can let you change actors, which means that for example, if you hire an actor who isn't a skilled martial artist, you can still depict them doing wicked martial arts by putting the mask on their stunt <laughs> double. This was a problem that Iron Fist had. This was a big problem that Iron Fist had. They knew they had this problem, and at no point did anyone on the writing staff go, we could See, put a mask Kelly, on him. You're making an assumption here that they knew they had the problem, which, since they let it go through, clearly they didn't. If they knew they had the problem, they would have sucked. They clearly they, well, yeah. this, they, they clearly thought excuse. they were doing right. They're like, no, this is good. We Good work, everyone. And they rolled out. Like, like If they thought they were fucking up, they would have like, oh wait, there's an easy out here that you know that's already there for us. I'm, I'm sure they thought, no, this is good. We did a good job, you know. Like, uh, what's his name? Finn Jones thought he did a good job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's why he had preemptive excuses for yeah. why everyone who disagreed with him was wrong. <laughs> but um, even that the, uh, I'm on the fence about Daredevil's look because overall he looks like. Like, they took one of the Captain America suits and painted it red. And one of the narrative things they had in that show, because, honestly, me, I find Daredevil, like, comics Daredevil costume, very boring in general. Because it's just plain red, a symbol, and the only interesting thing he's got going on with his mask is the horns. And, I mean, that's good. He's not supposed to be, like, an intimidating, well, you know, classically, he's not supposed to scare people into doing things for him. Even though that's where he went Frank Miller style, but, you know, that's just a stylistic flair. And I don't... But when they go to the show, they do this thing where they spend the whole thing saying, hey, you should maybe get armor or something on you to, you know, protect you. And, you know, it's a, it's a joke, it's a joke, it's a joke. And then he meets up with, uh, with Gladiator, uh, Wendell, I think, not Wendell, that's a, God, what is his name? The, this, 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 the seamstress. But he's Gladiator in the comics. And, um, he makes the suit. And the whole, like, impetus yeah. of the suit is, I fought the Kingpin, and he was wearing bulletproof armor, and that was a way for to make a somewhat large gentleman be more imposing by implying that he's bulletproof. But they, I saw this bulletproof stuff into, like, a regular three-piece suit. So mm. the fact that they needed to make it this, like, biker gear look, I feel was a misstep, because they could have made him more of an urban character by ha- just having the gladiator sew it into some clothes, you know? And... Because that stuff does not look like it's good to backflip in. And the helmet feels yeah. way too, like, rigid. And it looks like a helmet, just like Captain America's. And it's... No, no, no. There's other things they could have done with it. Now, look, I'm I'm actually... Um, I'm, I'm not wild about the idea of making Daredevil's look more urban. 
more street. I really wanted him to look as close to a a, a red suited devil figure as I possibly can get him. So, you know, I'm not I'm not necessarily in the same place as you on that one. But you do make a good point that they were able to provide basically an origin story for his mask. And it, in the second season, they what they they amp up the shape of the mask because they now need more reinforcement on it because he got shot in the head once and it cracked it. Uh, I hear they got a lot of flack for that too, so I think they were just like, well, this is an opportunity for us to tweak this one thing that most people don't like, you know, or that have gotten some jeers and ribs at it. Uh, it's kind of... <laughs> I don't know, there's something about it puts me off. And I, w- I w- what I want is more of like a parkour aesthetic, kind of like this character Night Runner, who is one of the characters from Batman Inc. He's like the French Batman, and he's parkour man, which is cool. I like that. And so he has that sort of aesthetic of the sort of... Uh, I think you'll find the term for that is a tracier. No, 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 sir. I don't mean he's a person who does parkour. I mean he's parkour man. That's just like his whole thing. <laughs> so so you, you have, however, opened the other door that I wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. Clay, what Batman mask has been best... Oh. You know what I don't... I don't like that the ears just kind of go straight up from his head. I actually like some of the original designs that kind of have almost mm. a Wolverine thing going on, where they kind of swoop outward. Because when they're just kind of pointy ears, I mean, I get it, he's a he's okay. a devil, you know? And that's cool. I get where you're going with that, but... Yeah. Just a little bit more bat in your Batman, you know? And from the front, like straight on from certain angles, it would look exactly the same. But when you turn it, you get that outward direction. I also, I don't know, the whole thing where they made it into kind of like a helmet in uh, the Dark Knight stuff, eh, I get it, and I understand the functionality of it, because it, you know, it allowed him to turn his head, whatever, that's nice, I guess, but like, eh, it just was too, the, the roundedness, it felt too much like a helmet, and I think part of, again, Batman's supposed to maintain the illusion, and so when you can see the seams on, like, I think the mask and the cape, all that should look like one solid piece, so when you're looking at him, you don't quite grasp, you know, in certain lights, you don't quite grasp that he is wearing a suit, you know? Your mind cannot perceive the true form of the Batman. Legitimately, I think that should be his intent. When I can see, like, when he's sitting there looming in the cape, he may have armor on underneath, like, visibly, as I can tell, but when the cape's on, you can't see that. So when you look at his face, you want it to just look like his face, you know? Because part of, again, Part of his design decision was to th- make something that scares people. So he wants to create the illusion. He wants to make people think he is a bat person. Just at first glance. I actually wanted to get into Red Robin real quick. Red Robin was... I love that arc for him after Batman supposedly died by being sent through time and blah, blah. One of the things I loved about his look <laughs> is that we know Tim Drake as the sec- the third Robin. And how much he is the best Robin, the one who wanted to do Robin the most. And how people were talking, well, maybe one day he'd go be Batman. But in a world where Batman is dead, Tim, you know, Dick Grayson has taken over and this little fucking asshole Damien is running around. What do you do with that character? And the best thing about Red Robin's original design was me is how it, like, visually represented that middle step between being Robin and being Batman. He's basically raw Batman where he's halfway and it's, and it now, represents, like, the emotional crisis he's going through where he doesn't know where he belongs. Real quick, because podcasting is a audio medium, do you mean the whole head, black, yes. earless... The one where he has the full half mask. Yes, the full half mask and the red tunic right. and the black pants and black gloves. Because that's, like, a perfect synthesis of 
Batman and Robin into one identity that really fits. Yeah. So, in the comics, I pretty much agree with you mm-hmm. about Batman. Like, I think I think that Batman's... I think the, the more detail and definition you give a Batman in the comics, the worse off you are. I, I think that in animation, one of the best Batman looks you've got is Bruce Timm in the animated series. Um, particularly because it boiled that character down to just where the eyes are the only thing about him that can really be expressive. Um, but in the TV and live-action depictions of Batman... Here we go. Hot take. The Adam West look is the best one. Mm. Go. So one of the problems with... It's already been mentioned, but the Batman hood, when it's constructed as a piece of, like, plastic or an object that's kind of, like, you know, defensive and armory, means that it's really hard for the actor playing Batman to do anything mobile. He can't turn his head. The the Tim Burton Batman was basically in a, a snood stuck looking Mm. in one direction Mm. and this style of batman look gets worse the more realistic you try to make batman like the more you try and make batman wearing polyweave super armor and also make that shape look like a bat you wind up needing a hard plastic shape and that plastic shape needs a lot of support to work and that means that you just wind up with this character who can't move around their neck very much whereas for me Batman always feels like he should be both stealthy and acrobatic. He should be capable of climbing a building or hiding in a corner. If you look at, like, the... To use the worst recent example of Batman, uh, the Ben Affleck Batman looks like a gorilla in a fridge. But I, I, I have to defend that costume just because they solve the can't-turn-his-head problem, right? He looks... Based on that outfit is the most comics accurate outfit. And while I don't think the tights need to be the way they are, I'm happy that they got rid of all that extra shit going on with his head. And it's just smooth mass tape. Yeah, absolutely. And it just flows, you know? Yeah, but then you look at that character, like you actually look at that character standing in a space and you ask yourself if that character could hide in the corner of a room. He couldn't. It's like parking a bus. Whereas the Adam West look, because it was... Because it was vinyl, the Adam West look was ultimately uh, a very small kind of little tiny nubbins and uh, a, a very a very small reinforced bridge nose. And again, this is also in part because that Batman was not trying to be realistic. That Batman was just trying to be kind of goofy. And this was still, Batman is something that Bruce Wayne can do in his off hours as a kind of uh, afternoon project as a very, very bored dad. But that characteristic trait meant that that look could move around flexibly and even though adam west wasn't up to the task the wearer of that mask would be capable of doing things like rolling and climbing and hiding in corners and whatnot now the actor couldn't back that up but i still think that that design that fundamental live action look was probably the best one for conveying what is to me actually one of the cooler things they do with the adam west like a neat little workaround is they couldn't do the eyes and it still bugs me whenever i could see batman's eyes because again he's supposed to be portraying the image so all the movie batman's with eyes batman with eyes just kind of bug me but the thing they do with adam west is that the actual eyes of the suit are just a little bit down from his actual eyes so that they're on his cheeks so that you get that whiteness and he kind of, like, looks down his nose at you a little yeah. bit to, like, actually make eye contact. And that's not a, that's an interesting little way around the whole thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and for what it's worth, by the way, I actually think that Ben Affleck's <laughs> eyes do a lot of good work acting. Like he does, a, he does a really good job of con- conveying a lot of Batman's emotions with his eyes. I really wish Ben Affleck had had a chance to be a better Batman. Yeah, and it's it's the other thing about Batman's eyes is I thought we had figured this out like three movies ago when the first Dark Knight where he put the, the stupid cell phone thing down over his eyes. I was like, hey, there's the white eyes. Just give him fucking lenses. We don't care. Like, and yet somehow two movies later yeah. we're still giving him eyes. Like, no, no, we solved this problem. We figured it. Just, and it makes sense. He'd have goggles so he doesn't get blinded by the various smoke bombs and flashbangs he uses constantly. You'd think Bruce Wade would be blind if his eyes were just out like that. Also, the regular and consistent shifting between extremely bright and extremely dark locations, which is something that he does all the time as a function of being Batman. Yeah, and, uh, uh, it's funny. Uh, Catwoman has had at least two, like, the current Catwoman has been the same since, like, I don't know, 2005? The, uh, who's that? Was that Benna's? Who did that with the, you know, the basically just like the the uh, spy suit with the zipper and the big goggles? And there's a particular version yeah. of her look yeah. that gets forgotten because people hate that, hate that show, which was The Batman, where they gave her big cat ears and they gave her the goggles. And they also did the thing I was talking about earlier, where they gave her this very high collar so that the whole thing is her almost entire face is obscured. And it's a nice little mix between both looks. And shame they didn't bring that back, you know? Uh, mm. the the other thing with um Catwoman's look that I really like is that Catwoman is choosing yeah. an aesthetic. Catwoman looks the way Catwoman's mask looks the way she does because Catwoman likes cats. That's another good example of the use of a mask. Right. If you if you're going for a thing, right, or even Scarecrow, you know the the one the one mm. thing they did good in Begins where they go, oh, the mask has a gas mask in it, and also it's there to amplify his fear effects. He's doing two things at once. It's a functional thing, and it's also a very conscious decision he made, because he's fucking crazy. So, yeah. of course he would do that. Well, when it, when it comes to the live-action depictions, one of one of the things about live-action uh, superheroes is that, for the most part, we aren't willing to make superhero movies that act as if superheroes already exist and are normal, whereas comics have this generational space of, yeah, superheroes exist and that's normal. So no one in a superhero comic needs to justify putting on a mask because they can look and just point around and go, that's what all the other superheroes do. It's a way of signaling I'm a superhero. The the first person to put on a mask, however, has a bit of a heavy lift to do in any setting, and it tends to make them seem very weird. So in the live-action depictions, like the the Scarecrow, it works best if you have some explanation as for why they use that one particular... Uh, type of mask and in like in the case of the scarecrow yeah he's got a really good reason for why he's using us using that mask mm. and that may have been part of the justification to take away i mean you know iron fist mask where it's like well to what like he, everybody knows he's iron fist so it's like it's not an identity thing uh it might and you know there's no you know what does it do and if we gave iron fist a super advanced what it does no no i know i know it was like Within the net, within the narrative, what does it do? Not much. And it would be weird if it had, like, tech goggles and shit. <laughs> no! I want him to wear it! I'm just saying, you have to justify it. I don't have to justify it! The justification for the guy with the glowing yellow fists wearing a mask that's yellow, who wanders around announcing himself, saying, I am the immortal Iron Fist, enemy of the hand, and sworn defender of Kunlun, 
would be to signal to everyone that he is the immortal Iron Fist, sworn enemy of the hand, and defender of Kung I'm on board, board with you, especially because he's not a ninja. <laughs> he's, you know, he's a upfront warrior. He punches things directly in their faces. Now, uh, speaking of like masks that do shit and that signal your status, how about uh, the various like variations of Azrael? Because he's popping off a lot recently, and like his suit is a sentient entity that like programs his brains and shit. And so, you know, and then he's got all of the, like, pseudo-religious imagery he's going for with his whole deal. And I don't, like, especially now, like, for a while there, when it was, like, white on red, he did look kind of like a Templar. It looks less like one now when he's mostly just all red. So, eh, I don't know. Like, the the original, like, well, not the original, but, like, the, mo- the, the last before this one, uh, sort of red on white look, I think was the best version of Azrael we've seen. Just because it conveys everything you need to know, it still makes sense within the character. It's still got armor and protection on it. But speaking of masks that do things, how about the question and his whole thing? Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I particularly like the the question in this context because the question's mask is effectively <laughs> the question's only superpower. It's a very golden age thing, and and this is important because for a lot of for 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 for, for example for Ollie. The mask is meaningless to his power. It's just another edge he can have. For Spider-Man, the mask is a protector of his identity that allows him to be a superhero at all. For Batman, the mask is a symbol. But for the question, the mask is literally the thing he has that other people don't have. It's his gimmick. He is unidentifiable as the question. And I think it also alters his voice and what it has. It's also technically a gas mask as well. Even the fact that, like, he's all, part of the thing, the idea of, uh, was it the Duraflex something derms? Um, it's some weird word. Something derm. Yeah, the fact that, the idea is that a lot of times he's always wearing that mask and then he just, like, pushes the button in the hat and it just changes the colors of all his shit and and his face disappears. That's really useful because, you know, you can pop that off at any time. Anywhere, if you treat all your clothes with that substance and you have, you're ready to go at any moment. And like, it's a different version of the idea that, you know, you're wearing the outfit underneath your clothes and that it's, it's even, it's even further. Like you've committed your whole life to this thing. Like you, you've made all of your clothes yeah. smell kind of funny and be hard to iron, you know? And the funny- <laughs> to be fair, the character in question is not someone who's prone to really, you know, ironing his clothes. <laughs> he's, he's got to have his shit together. <laughs> he's a bit of a slob. He's an old school journalist back when that was a job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> With the question, the, the the genre and power level of his stories are ones where just being identified is itself a form of power, so the mask is, its, is in turn powerful as an entity unto itself. Um, on a related note to that, someone who I think brings both of those points together of two of those characters, Batman and the question meet at Cassandra Kane. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I really like the new orphan look for her, right? Because it's, it, it says ninja more and I can, it's got armor and stuff. And yet we still have the stitch aspect. Yeah. But the weird thing is like where that came from. Because again, that originally came from Huntress, right? Huntress during uh, No Man's Land ran around pretending yeah. to be a bat person, right? And so why does she Look, wear that outfit? Because she's explicitly, you I know, can, invoking Batman to create that emotional state in people. 
She wants you to think about her, the Batman. Look, I I know five looks for Cassandra yeah. Kane, and they've all been great. So but yeah, it's <laughs> the one I was specifically invoking is the Batman mask with the very high, very thin uh, uh, bat ears and the stitched over, sewn shut face with no eyes. Yeah, no, that was a Huntress made that outfit yeah. first. She made that outfit during No Man's Land to go around beating people up and spraying bat graffiti on because Batman wasn't around and she wanted to make the city still fear. She's still Huntress, so she sort of did, she was doing the uh, identity crisis thing. She was being two superheroes at once. And at the same time, you know, then basically she sort of gives this outfit to Cassandra Kane. That's become her look and it's hard to detach her. Like when they made her Black Bat and she just had, you know, just like a sort of domino mask with ears. It wasn't as cool. It's never as cool as when she has a stitched up face. It's just, I mean, it says something about, you know, being able to speak and it makes more, like, I think Huntress did that outfit to be spooky, right? Ah, you know, I look like I come from Hellraiser or some shit, but it means something when Cassandra Kane wears it, right? It says something about the character. It's the same reason that why Daredevil's eyes have those little, so, you know, they're not eye holes. They're just mirrors. Yeah. It says something about his perception and your perception and yada yada. And it also is just a practical thing of what does she need? What does she need to talk to you? Why does she need her mouth exposed? What's she going to do? What's she going to say to you? It's an unnecessary opening that she gives people that, you know, Batman needs his mouth open so he can speak clearly, so you can understand him. I just don't need that shit. I mean, uh, Cassandra don't need that shit. Cassandra's fists do her talking. You don't need to talk to you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So there are there are some characters and some some like genres of mask that we've covered here. Uh, is there anyone in particular, Clay, you want to shout out to for having a really great mask or complain about having a terrible mask? Uh, I like uh to get back to I guess more Bat Family. I like Bluebird's mask, Harper Row, because it's very like she's a very tech character, right? And so there's shit. It looks it's kind of like a domino mask, but. Heavily built up, and it's actually like bolted to the bottom of her face. It's very '90s, but it works for some reason, you know, because it conveys that she's the she's the one with like a sniper rifle over in the corner. Uh, yeah. Also, uh, it it so so this is a really silly thing, but uh, for anyone who's not familiar with how Harper Rose co- uh, mask looks, she has an armored neck piece that connects to the bottom of her jaw, mm. which looks like a like a beak. And her mask is like kind of like a visor that's attached to that with a bit, with a bit of metal across the front of her face. But this also means that her hair gets to fly free, and she has long purple hair, usually with a blue streak in it, and a pair of side shaves. Mm. Which is to say, she is coded pretty damn queer. Even fucking hair. The fact that um, uh, Batwoman's hair is a part of her mask just to like completely throw people off, you know, because she's got. Must yeah, completely shaved head, but she has this long, flowing red thing that just just really striking and bounces out. I guess like it's it's like a uh, Black Canary's wig, which is you know because Black Canary normally has you know historically has short black hair that she wears this bright yellow wig on top of to sort of elude. That's why she doesn't wear a mask because she's like she's that blonde instead of the person she normally is. And I guess the I guess the wig is a mask. It's just mm, I don't know. <laughs> That's why I like. Well, yeah, we, we we were gonna we were gonna set aside, you know, masks in a quotation marks of like things that aren't really masky. But yeah, um, I I do. Yeah, otherwise we get into like, uh, talking yeah. about the masks. <laughs> but that's the thing. It's like the thing of 
a domino mask plus an extra thing works for me, right? So a domino mask plus the wig, it's like, okay, that's an outfit, right? You do the wig by itself, you do the domino mask by itself, it's like, mm, you're not disguising anything. Put them together, it's perfect. It, it's, and it says something when it's, when it's trying to say something. Man, yeah. I, so, I know how don't. I feel about things like, you know, masks that let your hair out too much, cause I, I, I love more hairstyles, you know? But at the same time, like, like Mr. Terrific's yeah. mask, right? Like part of his mask is, it's just a big T on his face. But one of the things it does is it basically makes him un, impossible to be photographed, right? It has a specific signal that it, like, it's a made of material that makes cameras not take his picture. So he doesn't have to hide his face, but it, it's striking. But then, you know, he's got the rest, the entire rest of his face just out there in the world. But he's also not a guy who gets directly into contact, you know? He's standing back, pressing buttons. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm just like I, I don't really have a follow up for that. That's just like a really good point. Um, and it's, it's it. The, the other half of his mask in like the show these days is his like inexplicably like quick cornrows, where he'll have an afro in one scene, and then the very next scene he's he's all straight back. And I'm like, that usually takes a few hours, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and it goes like he'll go back and forth in one episode, like. Like I, they they look kind of messy enough that maybe he just they're very like quickly done back. I can imagine doing that in an hour maybe, and you know time moves differently in shows and in comics. And I hope that look comes back because I just want more dudes with cornrows in superheroes and just in things in general. Yeah, you know. But that idea of a mac like the mask that doesn't just hide your face but also does some weird tech shit is pretty cool. Uh. I haven't seen them do anything with that in a while because his his book got canceled super quick and he hasn't been seen. He flirts around in Earth too, but like his ability to be invisible to technology doesn't come up much in that because he's he doesn't need to. He's basically an official member, and so they're like, yeah, you can do whatever. You don't have to. He still wears a mask because it's functional because that's part of his whole deal. But there's never a need to hide from surveillance, despite that being especially like the conversation about. You know, modern facial recognition technology coming up that can see you through masks. Yeah, that's that's a fucking superpower at this point. <laughs> like being able to be invisible to technology, and you know, they're working on fabrics that do that. And it's this sort of like scarf you can wear over your head that has a pattern that blocks cameras, like it flashes back at them when they take a picture. But just yeah. that function of it's not much of a you know, it's basically face paint, but it makes him. Like, you can recognize them all you want to. You ain't got no evidence, motherfucker. <laughs> you got a picture? Oh, there's a picture right here! That's a, what, you got a smudge. Why is you showing me this picture of a smudge? I'm telling you, Smudge Man was there! Mm-hmm. Bye! <laughs> <laughs> the smudge. <laughs> Question side Yeah. And, and I mean, you know, I guess Rose Wilson is technically not wearing a mask, so I don't get to count her. Well, Ravager has, has gone, whenever she's, Really like up Deathstroke's ass, yeah. Then she wears a Deathstroke mask, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whenever she's actually a bad person, she's wearing a Deathstroke yeah. mask. Yeah, yeah. That's really complicated for me because I love the way that mask looks, but I really like Ravager as the conflicted bad girl member of a good guy team. So uh, yeah. it's kind of honestly like the Deathstroke's whole look is weird, right? Because like he's it's supposed to be uh you know the greatest mercenary ever, and he's got the mask and. Like, a few years ago, I say, well, no soldiers wear shit like that. But, like, there's a particular company that's making helmets like that. 
now for soldiers that like have full like HUD readouts and shit. So I was like, oh well, technology caught up to Deathstroke. You're in a good place <laughs> compared to like Taskmaster, who I love, who's you know I yeah. think a better version of a lot of the things Deathstroke does. Who's like I like his mask goes all over the place. Sometimes he's a pirate with skull like a skull mask or a goat's mask, but sometimes he's just kind of. And I don't know what his mask does within his context. Do you remember? Do you remember with Do you remember with Taskmaster that brief period where what he had was a balaclava yeah, with a skull? The overall look there was his best look because it's like, well, that's who Taskmaster is, and it's just yeah. why, why are you Why are you a pirate, man? Like you're either a merc or you're a teacher of like goons. So why are you a pirate? <laughs> why do you need to be a pirate, sir? Yeah, the. I mean, my, my favorite yes, Taskmaster yes. look is the one from Studio Udon in Agent X, in which case it's basically, like, skeletal. Hey, it's, it's a good look. <laughs> He's and they, trying to look like skeletal. I think they're leaning into that now, especially in, like, some of the cartoons and stuff. He looks more like that, a little more scully, but still very much the sort of tacked look. And I guess that's a helmet, right? Like, that's the, that's the implication. That's a skull helmet that protects his head. It's like the cape and the hood that goes with it, and... Especially because he usually has a whole bunch of shit on his back. Like, he's got a shield and a sword and a bow and a quiver and maybe some guns and a grapple hook. Like, man, why, why you got the cape, dude? That's in your way. Like, that's in your way of reaching on your back and getting your shit. <laughs> and I do wonder if there's some psychological aspect because as far as I understand, Taskmaster doesn't remember who he is because all he remembers is moves now. So... Yeah, he, he he has wiped out his past, which is yeah, really, in comics, but not a bad pl- place to be. So maybe he just doesn't want to look at his face because, you know, like, who is this guy? I don't know him. But they'll never get into that too much, even when he's, like, beating up Hitler and stuff. But, they, okay, I have to talk about this, because this is actually big yeah. on masks. Um, what do you know about Bronze Tiger in general? Because his mask is an important part of his story. Uh... uh just let me jog my own memory. Bronze Tiger, it's like an actual physical tiger head, or is this the face paint one? Uh, well, the, in the original stories, it was literally, it looks like a tiger head. But the, the thing the mask yeah, yeah. does is... The furry. Yeah. Okay, so think about Bronze Tiger real quick. He's Ben Turner. He's like a middle-class kid in Chicago. Um, a burglar breaks into his house when he's nine, and he's about to kill his parents. So nine-year-old Ben Turner just murders... Which hmm? burglars will want to do, by the way. Right. Uh, like, so he this like stabs the hell out of this guy. The 1990s really wanted to convince us happened all the time, which was yeah, we totally had burglars breaking in and murdering people, as opposed to breaking in and leaving with your TV. Yeah, but you know he kills this guy super hard and like kind of likes it. So he and him, his family, they're like, you need something, maybe kung fu to like calm your soul. And he pursues this path, and on the path of kung fu, he meets the uh, O Sensei. Basically, says here. Put this mask on, and that can be where your anger goes. You know, just go. And the, 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 the mask kills people, and he slowly loses himself in this mask. And he just becomes the Bronze Tiger, who just kills people for the League of Assassins. And basically brainwashes himself into being a weapon via the mask as a means of, like, Kung Fu therapy. And when he finally breaks free of all this, he's got this really, like, he can't stand the mask. Like, when they... Or when um, during Suicide Squad, when they are sort of like doing an investigation, they basically use it as a form of torture. Where they're like, "Oh, so you're you're fine now, huh? And you're an honest, good man, even though you work for Waller." Well, why don't you put this mask on, Ben Turner? 
Like, this is the government doing to this man, and he just freaks his shit entirely and runs away and, like, disappears into the Middle East. <laughs> yep. And, which is why turning him into a motherfucking tiger is the dumbest goddamn thing in the world. The mask. Because <laughs> <laughs> in New 52, Bronze Tiger isn't a mask. He's just he a freaking into a tiger fucking person. He's, he's just, it's like, it's a, a fucking, furry. it's, it, the whole yeah. point of the mask is that it took away his soul. <laughs> if he's the tiger man, it doesn't mean anything. It is a, it is a really, yeah, it is, it is a really interesting example of someone wholesale missing the <laughs> right? point of a character. Because, <laughs> because nowadays he looks well, like street sharks. He's more. reappeared as just Ben Turner recently, and I don't think there's been a like, hey, why are you not a tiger anymore? Whatever, rebirth. No, <laughs> like, and I'm happy with that. Whatever, fuck the tiger shit. <laughs> and like. It'd be great for them to come up with cooler designs for the mask, but the fact that the function of it as a thing that wintered away his identity is forgotten is one of those things. Like, masks are a part of identity. You wear a different face, you become a different person. And, you know, again, yada yada Moon Knight, uh, there's a lot of there there, even with the, right? Friend of the show, <laughs> the idea of Moon losing yourself in that identity is a, is a thing that comes and goes, depending on, you know, how much of a, you know, pop psychologist any writer wants to be in a given moment, you know? But when it's, like, a central defining aspect of a character, it's one of those things you need to deal with, right? Uh, like, the whole thing of Deadpool's mask and how it's mostly just a way to keep the ugly at bay. And that's, like, it's that and it's, you know, why the jokes are there, right? To keep all the ugly inside. Like, it's a narrative thing and a design thing and a functional thing of I need to go out in public. Is it better to be a giant tumor or a dude in a weird mask? Which is easier for me to go around as yeah so like i think we've covered pretty much everything (laughs) unless you got unless you want to talk about baron zemo's mask and how he doesn't have a face (laughs) no 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 no. we've mentioned that already i don't know we don't talk about the glue i mean glue mask dangerous supervillain glued his own mask that's the thing about dr doom's mask right like, it does a whole bunch of shit, but it's still just a walking reminder of how stupid the smartest man on the planet is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I actually really like that mask because it's this wonderful uh, externalization of the metaphor for what Doctor Doom is, because Doctor Doom is smart, but Doctor Doom made an impetuous decision, and I like that that's like one of his central problems, is that Doctor Doom, who is, by the way, a robot wizard king, uh was still not able to control his emotions in a foolish moment and wound up doing something very dangerous to himself, and that now walks around outside yeah, him as a grotesque metaphor for it. But like, I'm, I'm genuinely surprised that he continues to choose to wear that. You think a guy as prideful as him would view this... Well, again, that's probably why he's so fucked up, because he can't let go of that, and it and it's on his face all the time because he refuses to acknowledge that he was fucking stupid. And it's, it's, it's just, it's just a big old, like, suit of denial he wears. Where it's just like, no, 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 I was correct. That was the per- right thing to do. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> no, you can't see my burnt face. And that's something else masks can do. Yeah. Masks get to be symbols. They get to be ways to make a metaphorical part of a character explicit and external and obvious. Look at how many times you see in comics a character doing a dramatic thing where they throw a mask away. Hell, 
that's that is so simple and basic an application of the mask as a storytelling element that yeah. they use it Fuck, in we can talk Spider-Man about Homecoming. With my pro-antigenda, we can talk about just the ridiculous levels of bullshit Ant-Man goes to through his different identities and even like the functionality of all his masks, right? Like, goes from Ant-Man to Giant man to, to Yellow Jacket to Wasp to Giant yeah. Man again to Ant-Man. Even the film thing of turning it into like a space suit helmet, which I love, by the way, was pretty inspired, I'd say, right? And yeah. just... Every how how good Ant Man is doing in any given moment is something you can tell by who he is, right? If he's Ant Man, he's probably okay. Giant Man, eh, he might be slipping. Wasp, yeah. Yellow Jacket, oh, he's gone. He's off the fucking deep end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's um one last facial covering thing, right? Sorry. Since hey, talk about Blade, right? There's those scenes where the where the glasses come yeah. off, right? And there's always that one scene where he puts the glasses back on. And in those scenes, he is invincible, according to the script. The script says, if the glasses are on, he cannot be defeated. So that's why, before the end of every big fight, he puts the glasses back on very slowly, and there's all these camera pans and zooms in and shit, because the moment of masking, his uh, henshin sequence, if you would, is uh, an important like power-ramping shit, right? That's why you have Superman, yeah, Superman and Spider-Man pulling open the shirt. And that's when shit pops off. That's why, it's part of why, like, writers, comic writers are always very armored, not just because of the bicycle helmet, like, imagery of you don't want your actor doing all this motorcycle shit without a helmet on, but also because they can become these unstoppable, like, robot guys instead of just a dude struggling with goons. And that... Yeah, that's why I got nothing else right now. Yeah. <laughs> Unless we want to talk about Hydrocap. <laughs> no, no, no. But it, it, basically, in a lot of ways, a mask is an object that lets something become. Right. They can be handed to people. They can be made by yourself. They can be taken away from you. They can be thrown away. And they can be something that you never had a choice about. And these are all elements that the mask can do. So whenever you get into one of these conversations about more realistic or more edgy or, or down-to-earth kind of superhero stuff, just remember that the mask does actually serve a purpose. Yeah, it. instead of thinking, well, we gotta get rid of the mask, first say, well, what does the mask do? Or even, hey, we need to put the mask in because that's what the comics do. Say, wait, what does the mask do? If you can figure out that, not only will you be able to figure out, you know, what it should look like, uh, how it should be designed, but also how it can be used, right? Because if you just say, we'll just put it in because it has to be there, what you know it could just it's just just copying something you get something like homecoming instead where they say well the mask serves a purpose you get this unique expression of his personality where now he can emote with his face because they decided that the mask does something like in in uh amazing spider-man those movies and then the raimi spider the mask didn't do anything it was just a mask it was there because he's spider-man and he wears one homecoming it's you know, his HUD, it's a way from the emotes, a way to protect his face, and it's a fucking symbol of his, you know, attachment to Tony Stark and his connection to the Avengers. It does something, and it's a better mask for it, just visually and functionally. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, again, we have this problem that occasionally you just say stuff that's just right, and I'm like, well, yep. <laughs> I'll try being wrong more often. No, don't. Trust me, we've got enough people doing that, you know, trying <laughs> that. So, all of that said, we have, uh, uh, we have, we hope, provided you a, uh, a variety of different reasons to care about the mask, things that the mask can do, 
And uh, I think that's about a good place to wrap up for us. All right. Um, now, if anybody asks, we were never right. here. Someone else was. Uh, please do not report us to the cops. There's a whole mm-hmm. reason, you know. And now no one can get to our right. families. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Tune in next time when we'll be talking about Blade. Yes, and the sunglasses. Which is, you know, that could be counted as a mask. I mean, they also hide an element of where he's looking. Yeah, yeah, like, again, like the man, like the, like the fucking feds. <laughs> yeah, because that's what, that's what the vamp, that's what the black vampire guy is totally all about evoking. <laughs> the, the, the secret service. The fucking feds. All right. All right, man.